Hello, and welcome to Twice Exceptional, Teens Exploring and Living with Neurodiversity. My name is Kate, and I am the host of this educational podcast. I am currently 17 years old, and I have been diagnosed with ADHD since I was 10. Additionally, I was tested for giftedness as a child, making me twice exceptional. I started this podcast because living with ADHD can be difficult, and I wanted to find a way to reach people and share some information about neurodiversity from someone who is currently dealing with it in their everyday life. Not only am I a neurodiverse, but I have a brother who is neurodiverse, meaning I can see how symptoms can be portrayed in different people. In this podcast, I discuss my own experiences, I interview others on their experiences, and I share some research on neurodiversity. Today, I talked with my brother, Patrick, about representation of ADHD in television, books, and movies. Hi, Patrick. Thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Hi, Kate. Can you please give a brief introduction to the podcast audience in case they don't know who you are? Hi, I'm Patrick. I'm 14. I have ADHD and I am Kate's brother. Yeah, okay. And so today we're going to be talking about representation in media, particularly movies and TV shows, especially about ADHD, because both of us have ADHD. So the first question I would like to ask you, Patrick, is what are some of the characteristics that you think are important to mention when you're portraying someone with ADHD? Well, it's one of the major things is not to always show the stereotypical things. For example, most of the stereotypical things are the just constantly moving around, never being able to focus. But there's also other parts like all or nothing where you either go all the way and above and beyond with something or you just basically won't do it. There's also the uh, hyperphobias which is where somebody can get like super focused on a certain activity and like ignore everything else. So it's there sometimes you can really pay attention to stuff or be all into stuff. You're not always inattentive, I guess. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you kind of have an issue with some of the traits, I guess. So what traits do you feel like are misrepresented in media? Well, I feel they even misrepresent the hyperactivity part too. They make it seem like people with ADHD have infinite energy and they're always moving and never stopping. But in reality, their their energy levels are oftentimes less than most other people. It's just they need the stimulus. So that's where it seems that they have infinite energy, but they don't. So sometimes the moving is more a need for stimulus than an energy thing, I guess. Yeah. It's not that they have extra energy. It's that they don't have enough stimulus. And what are some of the biggest challenges you would say could come about trying to represent ADHD through a TV show or a movie or even a book? Well, the major thing is that you have to have somebody who, to be able to portray it, you have to have ADHD. Considering it's such a complex condition that if you don't have somebody with ADHD helping to do it, you will just end up having only one or two of these side effects, even though it's a very complex condition. But with that, you still feel it's important to have representation of ADHD in media, correct? Oh, yes. It's extremely important to have that representation so that people can 
get past the stereotypes and actually understand what ADHD actually is. And it's not just people being lazy or hyper and crazy. Yeah. I would say that the main reason why it's really important to have that representation is so that way people like understand what it is, but also people with ADHD feel like they're being represented in media, whether they're a kid or an adult. I feel like we also need to get some more adult representation in media. Oh, yes, definitely. That way, also, if we get adult representation in media, then parents can also identify when their child has ADHD and actually be able to help them more. Yeah. So now let's talk about some specific examples. The first example we're going to talk about is my favorite book series of all time, which is actually more than one series of books, but the Percy Jackson books. So first, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what Percy Jackson is in case you're unfamiliar. So basically, the plot of the books is the first five books, at least. It follows this guy named Percy Jackson, who's a teenager who is a demigod, which means that he's a half human, half god. His dad is Poseidon, which is the god of the seas. And it follows him as they go on a whole bunch of quests and adventures with his other friends, and they try to stop a prophecy from happening and stuff. Mm -hmm. Would you feel that's a good summary of the books? Pretty good enough. All right. So the reason I'm bringing this up is the author, Rick Warden, decided that he wanted to add representation into these books. There's also two movies, but the movies are not great. But there is a new TV series that will be coming out to Disney Plus soon. But in order to get representation... Absolutely terrible. Never watch them. The movies are terrible? Yeah. Never. It's a waste of time. They're very different from the books. They didn't even read the books when making them. (laughs) But what I was saying is that Rick Warden decided that he wanted to add some representation into his books. So one thing that he chose to do from the get-go is basically have this where demigods, at least the majority of them, have ADHD and dyslexia. And the reasons he gave was the ADHD is actually like the battle instincts of the demigods and the dyslexia is because they're hardwired to read Greek. We're going to focus on the ADHD representation specifically. So would you feel that this representation of ADHD is fair, accurate, and helpful for kids with ADHD? In a way, yes, considering it is nice to let kids know that it's not always a problem to have ADHD. It does have benefits and advantages, but also we don't want to make it seem to others, neurotypical people, like it is some superpower and that it's actually like really good. It it comes with a ton of problems too, but for people with ADHD, it's really good and helpful for them to know that it's not always a problem. Yeah. And then also there are many characters with ADHD in the Percy Jackson books. So of course there's Percy Jackson himself, who I feel like has a lot of the impulsivity trait shown in most of his decisions he makes, which is probably pretty accurate because a lot of us act on our impulses. And then there's many other characters, including Annabeth Chase, who is Percy's friends and then later girlfriends, I guess. But she has ADHD as well. And I feel like that representation is also really important because it shows a female with ADHD. And she also portrays symptoms in a different way. For example, she shows a lot of that hyper-focus, hyper-fixation traits throughout her different activities because she's a daughter of Athena, 
who is the goddess of wisdom. And so she's like constantly making plans and coming up with new strategies for stuff because she gets really focused on that. Yeah, I think that's a very important representation to have because currently it's over thought that it's only just boys that can have ADHD. Well, in reality. Yeah, I feel like it's also really important to represent it in different ways. And then, of course, the Persiaks and Bucks do have a stereotypical representation in the follow-up series. His name is Leo Valdez. He's the son of Hephaestus and is like, who's like the god of fire, I think. I don't remember. And basically, he is always fidgeting with stuff. It is said that it looks like he's always on caffeine. He's fidgeting. He can't sit still. And that's more of the stereotypical representation of ADHD. Mm-hmm. Well, that... The stereotypical organization is not necessarily fully wrong. It's just it's missing parts of the ADHD. Philia Valdez, it makes sense. He probably has a more severe case of ADHD where he needs lots of stimulus. But like, you have to make sure when you represent ADHD in that way, you have to also represent the other parts because otherwise, we will just most people will just throw out the other parts and assume that's the only side effect of ADHD, the craziness. Yeah. Okay. And then one more example from a different show we're going to bring up. So there's this new show. It's on Disney Plus and Disney Channel. It's called Hamster and Gretel. It is a cartoon show made by Dan Povenmire, who is the creator of Phineas and Ferb as well. This story follows a young girl and her pet hamster who gains superpowers from an alien And then also her older brother who does not have superpowers and drives a minivan. And so for this story, I had my brother watch the first two episodes with me. And I want to know if he has any opinions on the show in general. Well, at first, the first few episodes, the plot was very thin. But it's an interesting show by itself. I'm not really sure. Did you enjoy it? It was an okay show. I want to say I overly enjoyed it, but... The reason I brought this show up is because in the show, the young girl, Gretel, has ADHD. And it's been said on Disney that she has ADHD before. And so I wanted to ask Patrick if he feels like from the episode he watched, it was represented well. Well, it was represented pretty well. I wouldn't say it was the best representation I've seen, but it was represented pretty well with the impulsivity and the just blocking all other like ideas and emotions and just being stubborn and focused on one idea of how to fix everything that that is shown a lot but i mean i feel like there's a few other things like the just the hyper focused on one thing and one thing only like you never really see that like she's constantly changing what she's focused on so quickly that it kind of plays closer to stereotypes than reality. Yes, but I still feel like it was a good representation. And one thing to keep in mind with the show is that she is a elementary school kid. So it makes it a little more difficult in that some traits are just a typical elementary school kid rather than an ADHD person. It's a good representation of what ADHD could look like for one person then. Yes, because ADHD is very different for everybody. Everyone has their different experiences and different side effects. Cool. 
And then for this show specifically, like I said earlier, it was created by Dan Povenmeyer. Gretel is played by his daughter, and both of them have ADHD. So how important do you think it is to represent ADHD with an ADHD person playing that person? It's the most important part about representing ADHD, because a neurotypical person can't fully understand all these small complexities of ADHD, because they would be... Because unless you're living with it, you will generalize it a lot more. While somebody with ADHD or multiple people with ADHD coming up with that, they can find a pretty good representation of ADHD and what would an ADHD person actually do in each situation. But a neurotypical person would just basically make it slightly more hyperactive and slightly more impulsive, but wouldn't really in the end up showing many side effects or Well, that's all the questions I have. So thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing some of our opinions. If you would like to share your opinions or your story with me, feel free to reach out through email to twiceexceptionalpodcast at gmail.com or message me on Instagram or TikTok at twice underscore exceptional podcast. Consider following the podcast on social media or sharing it with others. Keep spreading the word about the complexities of neurodiversity. Thank you.